When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the HEAL Podcast. I'm Kelly Noonan-Gorris, and every week I speak to the leading doctors, healers, spiritual teachers, and scientists to find out what is truly possible when it comes to healing. I also interview real people with extraordinary healing stories. My philosophy is what's possible for one is possible for all. And I've discovered on my journey that so much more is possible than we can begin to imagine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heal Podcast. Today, I am very excited to welcome Moshe Gersh uh, to the studio and talk about his new book, The Three Conditions, How Intention, Joy, and Certainty Will Supercharge Your Life. Um, Moshe is a spiritual teacher and a Wall Street Journal bestselling author of the book, It's All the Same to Me. He has devoted his life to seamlessly bridging the worlds of the Torah tradition mystical wisdom, the true nature of the human mind, and our collective struggles. His popular TEDx talk has become the catalyst for his new book, The Three Conditions, How Intention, Joy, and Certainty Will Supercharge Your Life. He lives in Jerusalem with his wife and children, and we are honored that you have traveled here today, knowing what's going on over there on the other side of the world, um, which we'll get to in a second. Let's start with the powerful, positive things, <laughs> like this amazing new book that showed up in my life at the exact right time, as it always does. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it certainly is a pleasure to be here, and I thank you for taking the time to sit with me today. Yeah. So I love how you open your book. Well, I mean, first of all, I'm on this journey to come back to myself. Um, it's been obviously a lifelong journey, but I feel like in the past year especially, like I wo literally woke up in January of 2023, and realized um, through different various circumstances that I had kind of lost a lot of myself or abandoned myself along the way, you know, because of perfectionism or people pleasing relationships, etc. Um, so this year has been an intense healing journey to come back to myself and no longer suffer in that way or live as a shell of myself, as you talk about in your book. So. Um, this is what this book is all about, and it shares your personal story of doing that and coming back to your true self and in, you know, in the fear of disappointing others, et cetera. And you started out, uh, one of the first major disappointments is you were this very successful rock star as a youth here in LA. So tell us about your background and kind of how the journey led to this, this book. So yeah, like you said, I'm from Los Angeles, just over the hill, and I fell in love with music at a, like a super young age. I think it was 10 when, I don't know if you remember the band Weezer. Oh yeah. Yeah, so uh, they had a song Buddy Holly and I was sitting there uh, with my best friend at the time and uh, the solo, like that, 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 this high part shows up. And in that moment, I felt this like very powerful resonance go through my being. It's like, That's what I'm gonna do, this is what I do. Um, and as a 10 year old, you know, it just maybe felt like, you know, maybe it's a pipe dream or something, but it was more of a knowing uh, and I grew up in a, an extremely spiritual home. Like, uh, instead of, 
Dr. Seuss, we had chicken soup for the soul, you know, wow. as bedtime stories. So like very spiritual. And I told my mom, like, you know, I want to be a musician. She was like, great. So you're a musician and let's go for it. Wow. Uh, so we did. So within a few years, I went from classical piano to guitar and became a singer and a writer. And I did that for seven years. We were assigned to a label out here in L.A., toured the country, radio, MTV, the whole nine yards in terms of uh, the fun of the dream of being a singer wow. and a songwriter. It was amazing. Uh, incredible, incredible experience. And... And then I started seeing maybe like what you'd call like the dark side of the entertainment industry, music yeah. industry, uh, seeing my closest friends go through challenges, uh, drug abuse, addiction, uh, anxiety, uh, all those pieces coming together, lot, lots of drinking um, and partying, all th- everything we know about <laughs> being, being a, rock a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, I was blessed to have had been raised in such a conscious place that I was aware of that while it was happening. And then I started to question. Uh, and I was 20 when I made the decision to walk away. That was that was hard. Yeah, to walk away from that amount of success and outside validation. And I just think it's so refreshing to, to be sitting with someone that didn't have a traumatic childhood. Like, actually, you sound like a very powerful manifester. You, your parents gave you all these conscious tools. Um, and, you know, and, and you were awake, I guess, for lack of a better word, to and attuned and aligned to go, there's something else I need to explore and to walk away from that. Right. I mean, for me, what had happened was because I was raised in such a home that like, you know, my my mother went through the trauma. So I'm I'm the I'm the gift of her growth. And so because I was kind of in this womb of positivity, love and connection and intuition, it was there was so much listen to your inner voice in my home growing up and uh, having a, a positive rapport with the universe, with God, with whatever it is that you call this underlying force of good in the world, that I never questioned uh, if if my in my inner world says be a musician, so you be a musician. And then when the question comes up and says, wait, you have to stop, I, I didn't question that either. Uh, but practically, there was a moment in time where things did shift. And uh, it was at a record release party that we had. Uh, someone came in and it was like the strangest experience. They'd asked me, how long are you going to do this for? I said, do what? They said, play music, which is a funny question to ask a musician. <laughs> and I said, I don't know, I guess until we're successful and then we'll settle down. I always saw myself as a family man. And he said, when's that? I said, when's what? He said, when's success? Uh, and I never thought of that as a, as a question that there's a, there's a point in time or a place you need to get to before because I was so intuition driven mm-hmm. um, and that was the first time in my life where I started to think about is, is there a a measurable definition of oh and then I made it and my conclusion at the time was oh wow maybe you can be successful at what you do and still fail at life I saw a lot of people who were very successful in the industry that I was in but if you looked at their lives uh it wouldn't be what I call success. Mm. So then I had to go on this journey of, well, what does success look like? What does a successful life look like? Um, and then that took me to Jerusalem. You know, being a Jew raised in LA, that's where a lot of my friends went to, you know, for a gap year to go figure out what life is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to go follow in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And your band was very upset. Yeah, they, they still don't speak to me. I mean, it was visceral. 
very, very challenging. One of the hardest decisions I had to make in my life. Obviously, we were about to go on tour with a, a group called Good Charlotte at the time. Yeah. Uh, they were like the whole everything. Those are the twins, right? Mad Madden That's right. twins? Yeah. That's right. And so uh, it was hard, you know, manager, record label, best friends, the, my brothers, this group, uh, all the fans that we had, the street team. I mean, everything that we had built. And this is pre-social media. So like MySpace, but our MySpace was like very, Massive. very big at the yeah. time. Uh, and then to walk away from all that and not knowing where I was going, just knowing that it, this wasn't it and that's the right direction and being able to have the faith that, you know, if you're being pulled somewhere, you can listen to that. Uh, but yeah, hard and lots of hard feelings afterwards. Wow. I mean, I'm just literally, there's been, I guess, many times in my life that I've done that too. And I feel like I've always had this knowing inside of me and, um, and knowing that if I have a pull that I have all the capability to, to follow that as well and that you can't make a wrong decision if you follow that voice right. you know and then of course you get smarter and life gets more complicated and then you're like is that the voice or is that my ego you know um so how like you you kind of I feel like you talk about in the book where you had another kind of existential crisis or you reach another level of success or you you know and you have this beautiful family and it's a partner and supportive partner and your wife um, but things started to kind of go awry again later. And then what did you learn to lead you to this book? Yeah, so I mean, essentially, the the second chapter of, of my life story is that I end up going to Israel and uh, I fell in love with this thing called Torah, right? Which is the uh, kind of the, the metaphysical, moral, uh, logistical compass of, you know, the Jewish religion. Uh, but there was so much beauty and so much depth. I'd never seen that side of it. I'd only kind of heard about bits and pieces. I mean, I grew up in a relatively orthodox home, but I didn't get to see the like the underpinnings, the more metaphysical side of what was going on there. Uh, and it was just like unbelievable, uh, just amazing to see how much depth in this ancient you know body of work. Uh, so I went into it like full force of like, oh, I'm looking for purpose and meaning. I'm finding lots of purpose and meaning. I met my wife. I'm having kids and things. Things seem really, really good on the surface. Uh, and then probably about six years into that journey, uh, I started having this recognition of this major dissonance between who I was before I left and who I was in that moment. Uh, and I felt far. I felt far from that inner voice. I felt far from my authentic connection to, to God and to spirit. Uh, and I was experiencing lots of anxiety. Uh, I didn't know at the time, but I was going through a, a depression. Uh, and it was so not normal for me. I was, being that I came from the place that I came from, joy was natural, mm -hmm. right? I, I, was, I was given so many tools. And so for me, it came later. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know what had happened or where where I went wrong, because here you are and you're pouring over the books and you're meditating and you're praying and you're doing all of these things. And I, th I think a lot of us, you know, you, you, you get so excited about the world of self-help or spirituality. So you start doing all the things that they're telling you to do and you have some progress. And then at some point um, you, you're reading so much, or you're listening, you're digesting so much content that you think you're somewhere that you're not. You can, that can happen to you, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was happening to me in like a major level where I had great ideas and there was all this powerful depth, uh, but it wasn't being integrated. And then you wake up one day and you have a breakdown because you're overwhelmed with your kids and you're overwhelmed with finances and you're overwhelmed with all these other pieces. 
so there was a lot of philosophy, but I, I, it wasn't it wasn't changing me. The transformative element that I was looking for wasn't there. It was like intellectual but not embodied. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I that. feel you. I feel you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, but I mean that was that was the best, right? I went to one of my mentors afterwards, and he said, you know, you you had a minor lobotomy when mm-hmm. you got here. He said, it's not, not a bad thing because look, now you've amassed all this beautiful wisdom, uh, but you're smarter, but now it's time to get wise. And you have to go find yourself within the context of the life you've created. Uh, and that really set up that next level journey for me where, um, it, it's funny, at the time, the, the two places that I went to were deeper into the world of what's called Hasidus and Kabbalah. It's like, again, like the more mystical, the side of consciousness and how it interacts with the personality side of Torah. Uh, and somebody handed me the book, The Power of Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, at the time, I had not read anything outside of Torah. I wasn't a well-read individual at all, outside of the, the world that I was in. And I just saw this language that was beautiful and clear and lucid describing the same things that I'm reading from books written hundreds and thousands of years ago and that started this next start stage of the journey which is oh wait there's so much that I know from this world and there's so much beauty and healing that's happening in this other world Um, I wonder how much confluence there is Uh, and I found this unbelievable reality that we're living in the 21st century where everything's available and you can just find whether it's a a podcast or you on Amazon you can get any book you ever wanted to get your hands on and I just started going in that direction found a good therapist and (laughs) bridged bridged those two worlds really took meditation on as a a powerful practice in my life Uh, and then that led to at some point down the line this next lightning bolt flash of Oh, we can we can share this with this with the world. I, I originally thought I was going to take all that information and share it with the small sphere that I had in Jerusalem, uh, and then clarity came that oh, what, what, you have access to the Hebrew and the Aramaic and these ancient texts, and now you have language and your personal experience that can bridge those realities. Well, let's go and do that, and that's where this book was born from. And I love how you mentioned in the book, you're like, you know, this is not new information. Other people, this is like very, and even Lynn McTaggart, who I love, you know, it's a welcome addition to the canon of works of intention by someone who has personally experienced the full power of thoughts to create the life you're living, for better or worse. Um, you know, you could have, and you even talk about, you know, why, why me? Why is it my voice? Why, this is nothing new. However, when I read your book, it, it's like, it is a new language and it's new energetically and it lands in a different new way you know Mm -hmm. so it's just like another reminder for people out there going why me how me you know but it's like every voice is important and every voice has a different energetic language that's going to land with the population Mm -hmm. global or local or otherwise Um, and if it's in your heart and it needs to be told if that if that compulsion is in you or that 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 pull is in you then it's that's God nudging you, right? Right, absolutely. And I think you used the right word before, which is like embodied, right? That's that's what I was looking for. I, th- there's beautiful, beautiful information in the world, but we want to live it. We mm-hmm. want it to be integrated, and we want it to not just be something that you can share over with a friend, right? Yeah. Uh, and as that was more and more becoming a reality for me, it's like, well, let's 
we're all part of this and we, we all are you know everyone's a teacher on right no matter who you are mm-hmm. you're walking around and you're teaching the people you're with by uh, the type of kindness that you're sharing the energy that you're carrying so this is just a, my particular modality or medium by which I'm teaching but we're, we're all doing the same thing yeah I love that you know you are so well read in, in the Torah and, and Kabbalah and the ancient texts and I you know started my spiritual education like later in life you know I was raised Catholic but then you know, found the works of Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle and, and all of these people. You mentioned Marianne Williamson wrote, you know, I read Return to Love when I was 19 and I had realized that I had kind of been in depression because I felt this disconnect or dissonance um, from spirit, from soul, from my true self. And so she, you know, raised Catholic, but then she put into her language, you know, fear or love we can create mm. heaven or hell on earth whether we come from fear or we come from love and that, that just like hit me like a lightning bolt going yes that's the language that i resonate with mm-hmm. and it and it backs up what i resonated with in catholicism but there was a lot that i didn't resonate with and so later when i started you know meeting people teachers in kabbalah and really good friends um, that live in new york and kind of just were just gave us a lot of guidance in times of need I was just like, Kabbalah is speaking the language that I believe and know, you know, because I had read all these other, you know, followed these other spiritual teachers. So it does. It's very cool. That yeah, it's awesome when we, I think anybody who's spent any time in this world, even just a little bit, you start to realize there's just these universal principles yes. that are just true across the board. And every, you know, a connection to God is is true for everyone. There's, I mean, the the opportunity and the blocks are the same for everyone right and we're all moving through it in different ways and i think that's ultimately what religion is there to help provide and facilitate which is which is a deep connection to that it doesn't always do that for people um, but i think that was the initial goal the essential goal of what's happening there and a person doesn't have to be religious to be connected right god you can't not be connected to the force it's Mm -hmm. impossible to you can only think that you are Mm -hmm. and then even in that moment it's just god thinking through you that you are disconnected right totally and yeah and there's been a lot of awareness of recently for me or you know awakening to the fact that like we are just little like we come into this physical 3d world as a human which is just even just so miraculous to think that a mother you know creates a child in her womb and then like births her through the portal births him through the portal like that to me is just like wild um but you know, we are divine expressions, every single one of us humans, like there's no good, bad, ugly. It's like we all are connected to source. And it's just a matter of what life, I guess, the soul chose to come here and and lessons to learn, you know, the degree to which they remember their connection. Um, And with that in mind, how are you navigating this horrific war that's happening in your backyard? And like, how do we stop this cycle? I mean, a lot of people are like, why does God allow such darkness in the world and war? But it's our, you know, I think you talk about it. It's just our free will, or maybe it was someone else, but it's our, our free will that is, um, you know, again, to that degree which we remember our connection. And, and the, the people that are doing this horrific, heinous acts clearly are disconnected and have no memory of that and are just, so, I mean, how do we break this cycle? How do we stop the eye for the eye? How do we see people that are doing the most horrific things to people we love um, and see the divinity in them or, or move past this, like not get sucked into the anger and, and the eye for the eye? 
think that is the question of I the mean, moment. that's the question of the ages, yeah, right? question of the ages and certainly the question of the moment. Uh, and I, I, I can only speak from my personal experience. So you ask about, you know, what's it like and how do you manage a, a war going on in your backyard? This, this war is obviously an expression of something that's been around for a long time, which is a collective dysfunction <laughs> of mm. how we perceive ourselves in this thing called the universe in the world. Uh, we've throughout, I mean, this is not the first war and probably not the last, mm -hmm. uh, but we're trying to move in the right direction. So, I, you know, we're sitting there. Um, I'll just tell you my, my short experience of that morning when this whole thing started was, uh, you know, I went up, it was a holiday. I was going to uh, the synagogue and I'm hearing just booms. I'm just, you're hearing boom after boom after boom, like every three or four seconds. Wow. And it took about a minute before I realized, oh, we're being attacked, which is such a strange thought to have. And I ran back down the stairs. I ran into the room and I told my wife, I said, look, I'm pretty sure we're being attacked right now. She's like, no, go back to sleep. I was like, no, no, really, like, just make sure that, you know, you're awake and aware. And if, you know, a siren goes off that the, the room is ready. Uh, and lo and behold, within a couple hours, it was just siren after siren after siren. And, it's such an intense reality, right? Just from the ground of somebody who's living there, who's, I wasn't in the South, I was nowhere near what was going on. Even when I say nowhere near, it was, it was 26 miles away, yeah. right? It's like, everything's it's close. Near. Yeah, Everything, yeah, yeah. Everything's close, but um, very intense. And anytime a challenge like that shows up, we are called to either awaken, um, and if we don't heed the awakening, then we fall back asleep consciously right mm -hmm. we go we go into the state of unconsciousness and we're seeing now i think what we're seeing as a result of what happened on october 7th and you know the ensuing war that is continuing to unfold uh, those are the choices as human beings we're always being called to make just sometimes things happen at such a scale that now you're forced to make a decision mm -hmm. right you know if you spill coffee on your shirt so you might or might not make the the, the right next <laughs> decision but it's not it doesn't matter so much in a cosmic way uh, and when we're forced with these great great tragedies um, and it's tragedy the whole thing is very hard um, but those are now as as the rest of us who are now living in e e either being present as a witness um, or your third party you're living in another country w witnessing what's going on uh, those are calls to awakening uh, within yourself it's true. You can't you can't go up to the people who are filling the world with hate and change them. You can't do that, no matter who they are. Uh, but you can turn on the light inside of yourself, right? You can make sure that your statements within your you know nuclear family, within your uh, community, uh, if you're on social media and you're active, you can make sure that you're spreading light, the right messages, messages of uh, collective love and and light, uh, and trying to pull back hate. We have to call out evil when we see it. I think that's extremely important. But at the end of the day, uh, the, the work is on us. The work is on on, on all of us to do that. I, I think, um, gosh, hard because it's so raw mm -hmm. right now. It's like so alive. Like my wife and kids are sitting there in this moment. Uh, but I think when we look at the body of reality, the, the entire history of reality. All of it's been evolutionary. Everything's moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. 
that's not just a belief. It's it's a it's a fact. Life is life is better today yeah. than it was a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, ten thousand. Right? It's like life life is moving in the right direction. So I have hope in humanity, like a deep, profound hope in humanity. Um, and what you focus on, you feel. That's true. So we we have to look at the good. We have to focus on what can be done. Uh, the right messaging. Messaging is really important. Obviously, we live in a world where uh, media, whether it be traditional media or social media, has incredible power. Mm -hmm. uh, so what you put into your mind is going to make a great difference to your life. And what comes out of your mouth or onto your screen, what you're sharing to the world is also making a big difference. I, I think that's one of the main ways to navigate what, we're do what the average individual can do at this stage. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's tough because it's like real raw grief. I mean, people are in grief and then trying to navigate that and process the trauma and process the tragedy. And it's like you have to allow people to have their anger and their reaction and the grief. But then like, it's just so, it's just so hard. I said uh, yesterday here in LA, I sat on the bed, you know, crying for a good half an hour. And that's like a normal day these days of like yeah. allowing the emotions to be there um, that first week was uh you know there's not there's not right words for the type of heart-wrenching yeah. experiences you have and then there's uh it's a roller coaster of emotions and it really does speak to the nature of this work that that i'm doing that and all of us in this field are doing which is uh, a complete allowance of all the pieces right so when you're feeling the grief to be in the grief and when you're feeling uh, the resistance or the resentment to experience that and allow that to pass through. And then at the same time, you see a tremendous amount of unity and positivity coming out the other side. So you have to focus on the silver linings as well and all the good that is created and generated by yeah. something challenging. Um, and so you could be you know, joyful in one minute and hopeful in one minute and sad. And you know, it's, there's so much. And yeah. it's, it's a collection of emotions. Yes. And, uh, so that you don't get stuck and create a trauma. Mm -hmm. You have to really be present with all the pieces along the way. Yeah, and let it flow. Let that energy of emotion flow yeah. and allow others to have their flow. And I, I mean, I personally can't, you know, I saw on the day or the day after certain images and I was like, I just had to make the decision. I can't. So I'm, I'm struggling with how do I navigate? How do I be engaged, be informed, be educated, be compassionate? but not like traumatize myself. I literally cannot stomach images on, mm -hmm. on uh, any war, but this is the one that's here now and just so horrific. And, but I also like, but is that me avoiding? Is that me running? Is that me putting my head in the sand? I just, I literally don't know how to navigate it because I'm so sensitive and I'm just like, I cannot handle that pain and suffering in my face. But at the same time, I wanna know that it's a reality and I wanna do the right thing and support the right people, you know? So it's just it's just brutal. Yeah, I have found that there are two two types of individuals, and I think we're all a bit of both. But two major like uh, modalities of how people are responding to this in particular. Uh, one type of individual wants to see as much as possible, mm -hmm. and they're putting themselves into the pain and into the darkness. They want the images, they want the sounds, they want the stories. They want they they want to be there, mm -hmm. and that's how they're feeling the pain and feeling uh, compassionate and and trying to be informed, as you said. Right. And that's one version. Then there's another version, which is we're aware, like we get it, right? It's, we're, not, we're not living in the sand. Your head, is, your, your head cannot be in the sand at this mm -hmm. point because anywhere you go, you're, you're hearing about something from someone and, 
And therefore, there's uh, a lot of people who are now then saying, well, I'm choosing to look at the light. I'm looking for, you know, something to put my faith into. I'm looking for uh, the positive ways that I can act, interact, uh, respectfully share um, mm-hmm. ideas of positivity and light in that way. And I, I think that there's a there's always a there's a both that's mm-hmm. happening over here. Yeah. Uh, and if you know, I'm also very sensitive. I, I can't see the images. Mm-mm. I can't do it. Um, I think that there's a lot of people who are going to need trauma therapy after this, not because they were there, but because they exposed themselves to so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. Right? Again, within the context of life, yeah. uh, that's the best decision that you can make in that moment. If that's how you feel, that that's what you need yeah. to, to either, whether it's to be informed or to feel compassion, to feel the empathy for the people going mm-hmm. through. What happened on October 7th was... Uh, one of the worst things that could happen to any people, right? And then now we have to deal with the fact that war is essentially bad. Yeah. <laughs> all, all war. No one wants that. It, that is the the reluctant response by mm-hmm. anyone to have to now be in this mm-hmm. because we're looking at we everybody wants a better world mm-hmm. nobody wants to be fighting and people who want to be fighting don't realize that they're asleep mm-hmm. right and there's this um, they're, they're living from a, a deep state of ego and unconsciousness and fighting over things that are uh, ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, trivial. I, I, I believe that there's a time where we see peace in this world. I know we're not there yet, but hard. these are hard things. Yeah, yeah, I believe. I believe there's, you know, why would, why, let's, why believe in the other thing? <laughs> like, I believe in evolution too and, a tra- <laughs> and rapid transformation and um, I do believe and I've experienced and I don't know and obviously can't tell but it just it does feel like you know the frequency is rising and things are escalating in the world and you know breakdowns before breakthroughs you know of things that are have gotten to a toxic extreme um, and they're coming to a head and it's gross and, and you know a lot of pressure and a lot of tension and a lot of inflammation when that happens in society um and but I, I feel like it's coming to the surface to come to the light so that and maybe it's you know instigating this really strong reaction uh but that's what needs to happen you know yeah healing's not easy mm-hmm. right it, it feels good to be on the other side right we're sitting mm-hmm. here speaking about healing and i think we're all collectively going through a healing process mm-hmm. all of life is kind of moving through that yeah uh, but it's not necessarily easy to go through it whether it's you know being in a hospital bed you know trying to heal from a physical trauma or you're sitting with a therapist or a, another sort of teacher mm-hmm. going through internal trauma the process can be very challenging and hard but it's it's rewarding so mm-hmm. i think you know yeah. to the degree that we can people realize that you know we need we need to have a good world it's yeah. it's not just something that you want anymore right Un- until the last century uh, we could you know people could play these games right now th- these aren't these aren't games right you know yeah. the, the world kind of stands in the balance of our growth yeah and like your journey and my journey and a lot of people's journeys of coming back to ourselves and listening to that inner mm. voice that truly is an extension of the divine of spirit of soul of good, of light, um, and you know we're being challenged in a way because we have so much access to information on social media and 24-hour news cycles and technology has connected us in such a beautiful way, but it's also overwhelming the system and we're getting we're getting more distracted from that voice than ever, right? So um, I just love this book is kind of such a great 
guide, and you actually call it the map, which we'll talk about it right now, because um, we need that. We need we need the map back to ourselves. We need the map back to that voice that we can trust to take the leap of faith, that we can trust to do the hard healing work, to forgive so that we don't let someone that wronged us take room in our psyche and drag us down to the negative vibration. Um, so all of those things. So what is the map? Tell us, talk <laughs> about, you know, how intention, joy, and certainty will supercharge our life. Well, let's talk about superchargers for a minute. What I mean when, when I say that is we all have to go through this life. We're born, we live a life experience, God willing, and then we check out and go, go back to where we came from. Uh, and there's two ways to go through life. You go through it somewhere over here, or you can go through it somewhere over over here, and, and to many degrees of, of how we go through the life that we live. And simply put, intention, certainty, and joy, uh, the way that uh, I'm framing them, intention is about, like, like you said, a return to self. Um, return to self is uh, returning to the perception of the truth of who we are, awakening to the truth of who we are, which is um, essentially good and powerful, able, creative, uh, loving extensions of this greater force. Certainty is being certain in that loving force, that there's, it's not just that I am good, but that the world is essentially good and growing, good and getting better, full, filled with potential, pregnant with potential, that wants to give birth to uh, a better consciousness in this world. Yes. So the degree that we can hold those two things true in our life, the barometer by which you can know that those are true for you is that state of joy, that love, that peace that you carry. Um, if you're not feeling good in your life, it's because one of those two things isn't true for you, right? Or is, or is uh, diminished in your mm. perception. So if you see yourself as unworthy or not good enough for whatever it is that you're trying to do, um, or maybe you see yourself as just fine, but you see you think the world is out to get you or the world is going to fail you, right? If either of those things are or true Evil to and you, darkness are overtaking, yeah, have more power than light. That's right. And to the degree that those two things are true, the light inside of you shines brighter and you experience that as joy, right? And that, that is now the barometer by which you can measure how much you are in alignment with those realities. And of course, at the top of all, this is all within the world of duality. In a, in a non-dual consciousness, we realize that you and the world are one, right? Mm -hmm. That like, you know, uh, the metaphor is there's the sun and then there are the rays of the sun, right? So if your individual consciousness is a ray, but the source of that is the sun, right? And mm -hmm. so, Intention and certainty, when they meet, they meet in this place of love, of oneness, of unity. So your life becomes supercharged when those two things become a reality for you. And what that means is both psychologically and energetically. Psychologically, you know, people think that some people are lucky. Some people are just more lucky. They've got lady luck on their side. Um, but it's not that some people are lucky. It's that some people are looking. They're staying open. They have an open mind, an open heart, and they're more... Uh, conscious, knowing that no matter what happens, things can be working out. Mm. So even just having that psychological shift inside, uh, before you get to any woo-woo or spiritual or energy, it's like, right, your, your life will be different if you're looking for reminders and opportunities and lessons in the things that show up for you in your life. You're just going to live a different life mm -hmm. if that's your baseline, if that's your assumption. And then, of course, then there's the energetic spiritual side of this whole thing, which is the law of resonance or the mirror effect. You know, what you're putting out is what you're receiving. You're tuning into certain frequencies and you're going to draw more of that into your life experience. So if we're simplifying the book of what, what this is really about is how do we get into that state of consciousness 
where the life that I want is reflected back to me because I'm being authentic mm -hmm. with myself. I'm not denying those parts of myself. I don't deny the parts that are wounded, uh, but I, I'm trying to embrace the bigger me, which is part of something beautiful and good and worthy, uh, stepping out of fear and into love, like you said before. Uh, and the same is true not just about me, but the entire world that I'm in. Right? Everything that's happening in, in this world is a, an extension of that. If you, you can't be certain of any particular outcome, but you can be certain of a process. Uh, and that's, that's the essence of the certainty that we're speaking about here. Mm -hmm. It's so true. I feel like in my exploration of HEAL and the journey of, you know, like the conclusion I came to is, you know, beyond anything is possible. And there's so much, you know, we live in a world of infinite, infinite possibility is that, you know, the universe is for us. And, you know, this is all for us. And so to really be able to be in the world and, and trust that there's a loving force of source that's far greater, omniscient, omnipotent, um, than our little human minds can fathom, um, and to really trust and know, you know, this is not happening to us, this is happening for us, and, and we live in a loving universe. So if we, can, if we can solidify that certainty, if we can have that faith, then I think we can navigate life in a much less stressed, <laughs> diseased, <laughs> uh, you know, dissonant way. And, 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 you know, it is that joy barometer of getting just like allowing our feelings to indicate, it's like indicator lights on the dashboard going, we're out of alignment, out of alignment. And like, we could have been, you know, whether it's a job or a relationship or, a, you know, being a rock star, like it could be in alignment for a period, but then all of a sudden, the feeling shift, the indicator lights come on and go, okay, your soul is needing to go in a different direction. To really tune into that um, and allow for that and, and realize like, oh, I'm staying here when all these indicator lights are going off and the system is not functioning and you're feeling stagnant, anxious, depressed, you know, not efficient, low energy. Um, it's because you are staying stuck from fear of either disappointing others or you know expectations others have of you, or what society says you should or shouldn't do, um, and you're going against what your soul and your higher self is craving, or or, or your truth, really. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think you're saying it's the truth coming through you. <laughs> um, one of, one of the pieces uh, that we quote in there, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible in the Torah, where you've got the story of Abraham, and he spends his entire life looking for God, looking for this force, looking for this force of good, the Creator. Um, and he's 70 years old at this point, and then God finally speaks to him. And the very first thing that God says after the man spends his whole life looking for God is, go to yourself. And for me, that's like the, the profound underpinning of this entire journey, which is, of course, we're all looking for the, the great beyond connection to spirit, to source, to love, to, to goodness. Uh, but it all starts right here, mm -hmm. right? Like if you, you want to get to this great place, so it's like, right? It starts in your journey. You are the journey back to back to that force, back to God. Mm -hmm. Let me. I I, I leafed a, a page here. Um, well, this is just true for me right now. You know, we're always looking outside for external validation, or we see like we want to be that person who has two hundred million followers or whatever. We're we, we're putting the barometers outside of ourselves. And so at one point um, you say, our mentors and those we look up to are not destinations. They are guiding lights pointing us in the direction of ourselves. 
Um, you won't ever become your mentors. You will only ever become yourself. They lead the way by being themselves. Mm. And I think, I mean, that's just like the theme of my year. Um, really, really taking the advice of others. You know, in big transitions in my life, I, I seek out, I tend to seek out like intuitives and astrologers and, and everything usually gives me validation back to what my own intuition is saying. Nobody's giving me new information. It's like, oh yeah, okay, good. I'm on the right track. But then also going, you know, taking, and then life coach and this person and therapist, whatever it is, the people that I'm seeking kind of guidance and support during a difficult decision or, um, and then realizing, oh, wait, it's just honing my voice and, and giving me the power to take what they say and then tuning into that barometer. Oh, yeah. And that's so empowering. I feel like I've grown so much because it really is coming back to my truth. And my truth is going to be different. And a lot of people are reflecting back portions of my truth, but then really having the chutzpah, if that's the right word. <laughs> I don't know a lot of, he's looking at that's me great. with a very funny face. No, no, it's uh, The balls, the, the courage to um, take the leap in the direction of your truth in, in against what other people, I mean, this is the, my biggest thing right now is like the fear of disappointing others, you know? And I when I read what you had to experience with, making that decision to walk away from extreme success and disappoint all these facets of people and then they still don't talk to you like give me give me that Just tell me again what to do <laughs> like how do i survive disappointing people that i care about and doing me it's so funny because I, you know i'm i am in my in my nature i guess that's that's the package i came into this world with is uh, somewhat of a people pleaser I, I care so much about how the other people are feeling i'm highly empathic so i can feel when when people are upset or unhappy with me and it's like that that's for me where my ego is kind of inflamed and i i want to i'm a, a pacifist in that way i want everyone to feel good and yeah. I want to take care and leaving the band was maybe the, the first time in my life, but you got to do it over and over and over yeah. again uh, where you disappoint people. And in fact, 10 years later, uh, to kind of close that circuit, I, I came back uh, to make peace uh, and try to get forgiveness from them for how it happened, uh, not for the decision itself, because it was the right decision for me in my life, but I didn't mean to cause people pain and uh, it wasn't uh, with ill intent. And it was not received. <laughs> That's like a nice way of saying it. Right? It was. It was. It was still met with the hostility, but it was so freeing getting to that side and saying, "Okay, so there are people who really, really don't like you. They might even hate you, and you're okay. You're okay." That's like my, uh, you know, as a, as a kid certainly, and still today, that would be like a worst nightmare. If you're if you're somebody who cares about other people's opinion. So the worst thing is if people don't like you and they, they want to cancel you, they want to you know, get rid of your experience. Uh, going through that was a, a level of an ego death, which was super freeing. It was powerful and liberating being on the other side of that. Again, so much of things that you can read, but you actually have to go through the process of choosing yourself and letting someone down and experiencing the liberation and the freedom of being able to be yourself to say, ah, now I understand, mm. right? Yeah. So that's how you get you get through it by getting through it and then appreciating the fact that, yeah, you're you're serving your highest good and your highest truth by being true to you. And 
you can't make everybody happy. Yeah. And it's so funny because these all these things are so cliche. It's like we we know this. We all know this on some level, but it's so much more difficult in practice. Yes. Again, intellectualized versus embodiment and experiential, you know? Yeah. Oh, gosh, but it's so painful to go through that disappointment and hate. But, I, yeah, I was journaling recently about a, a situation, you know, that I need to make a difficult decision about. And it was like, you know, I, I just hate the fact that I feel like I'm letting this person down or failing this or, you know, betraying um, with my decision. But if I – it's – that's how I perceive the other person will feel or other people will feel. But if I don't do it, I'm betraying, hurting, and disappointing myself, you know, stressing myself out. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, this is our life. There's 7.8 billion points at the center of the universe, you know, and we've got to, we've got to honor ours. And, and that's, that's the, the essence of your book is liberation to me. It just the word that just kept coming up is like liberation, 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 which so much, so many people, so much, so many of us are just imprisoned in our own mind and the constructs of our mind, and it has to do with the external and with other people. And I just think the time is now to like honor ourselves, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always been, but I'm just coming. I'm a little late to the party, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, whether it's liberation or personal freedom, being being empowered to be yourself, um, that is that go to yourself moment. That I think, you know, God's trying to tell Abraham in that story of like, the world is going to be upset. You are going to stand on the other side of the river in that sense, right? Things are going to look different for you. Not everyone's going to accept uh, your version of reality. Uh, but if you want to really find me, that's where you have to go. You have to go to your version of reality mm. because that's how you kind of trace that ray back to the sun, right? You get back to source by not cutting the ray off from it, but following it back up. Mm, interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um, so what, you have children, and you're raised very consciously. What, what's some parenting advice you could give me? <laughs> like, what is your philosophy? Because, I mean, I'm trying, you know, life is busy, and I'm trying to, like, listen to Conscious Parenting podcasts, and obviously I've done a lot of work on myself, and I can only hope that that translates to the environment I'm creating, but I also am very flawed, or as Marissa Pierce says, flossom. <laughs> I'm flossom. Um, so, like, what, what, is, what is your home like? How do you, what, what is your philosophy raising children? Or, you know, I'm sure you lose your temper sometimes if life gets, I don't know if you do, do you? And, like, what is your, what's some parenting advice you could give well, first and foremost, I do. And I think all humans get angry. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, for me, uh, and I, I write a little bit about this in the book, uh, my process was when I started having kids, that's, that is when I started losing myself because I didn't know how to consciously parent. I, I might have been consciously parented to some degree, uh, but I, I felt this overwhelming responsibility to make things right, you know, yeah. for my kids. And that itself could could be the paralyzing factor right to actually going out there and uh, being present for me i think that's outside of the fact that i have the most amazing wife and nothing in my home happens without her <laughs> um but on a, uh, for me it's it's really being present with them uh, and allowing them to be them uh, there's no you're not it's almost like you're not allowed to have preconceived notions uh, i i find that the 
number one thing in, in my life as far as being a parent is concerned, where I see the, the response that you're looking for in a child, which is them feeling good in their body, them feeling healthy uh, as, as who they are. Um, is, is truly allowing them to be them. With not having a preconceived notion doesn't mean you don't have boundaries and limits in your home. There's certain things that are, are dangerous or uh, you believe are, you know, are going to be unhealthy uh, in, their, in their lives. But to really be there for them. I mean, I have one daughter who is the most right-brained, creative, loving, overflowing rainbows and butterflies, mm-hmm. you know, a child. And I have another uh, daughter who is just so smart and sees you know clearly but that comes with a certain you know edge because when you see things so and they're they're such different like a left brain and a right brain living in the same house and you know they they can come at odds but it's allowing them to be who they are and encouraging that it's it's not oh you should be it's never a comparison game it's that's who they are and being present with them for that and allowing them to be there Uh, and not having a preconceived notion of what your home is supposed to look like either Right. All of these come back to our assumptions. Mm. If you assume that your home is supposed to look a certain way and then it's not. So now you're finding yourself in perpetual frustration. Uh, it's about leaning into, well, what what is it? Right. And by the way, it's not perfect. And my home's not perfect. And my kids will be the first people that my wife will be the first person to tell you, you know, I'm far from perfect. We're all far from perfect, but we accept our imperfections. And that's how you grow. And that's how you do it. Um, but I learned so much from I, I think if you go into parenting, wanting to learn from your children just as much as you want to share and take care of them, uh, then you've got a, a really powerful, healthy dynamic. Um, great story I like to share about one of my daughters is, uh, and this speaks to her nature, uh, she was drawing a picture, maybe she was four, and her sister came over and was jealous of how nice the picture looked and pulled the picture out of her hand and then ripped it right in half Oof. right in front of her. And I was standing in the room watching the whole thing. So I was like, Parenting moment. What do you do? Yeah, right? yeah. Like, how do What's you? The right thing to how do you respond yeah. there? Uh, and the first thing I did was I, I waited. Uh, just, how was she going to respond? And she took the, the two pages from her sister, and looked up at her and she said, "I have to. I have to." And she was maybe four or five. And I thought, like, that is, you know, we have to be able to learn from that. Which is the the automatic response was, "Oh, okay." You you were trying to hurt me by ripping something apart in my life, but I'm seeing that as an opportunity to have more, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you know, if you if you if you're listening to what's going on with kids, you know, they say kids say the funniest things. It's like, but they also say things that are extremely profound messages you need to hear. Yes. Yeah, and be there for it. Be present for it. Yeah, and they're I feel like they're a little still closer to that remembrance of you know their that their ray is a little closer to the sun source, <laughs> um, so they do have that profound channeling wisdom coming through. They were just like, how? How did she know that? Yeah. Or how did she express that? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I'm thinking of other stories here, but for another time. Are you sure? Share, share. Yeah. I've, I have a daughter, so who's four? Yeah, so. okay, great. Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Riley. Riley okay. Grace. Yeah, she should be blessed. Thank you. They were, they were fighting at some point over something, and... One of them looked at the other and said, you know, you, you chose your family before you got here. Wow. And she said, I do. I did know that, but I didn't know you'd be here. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. I love this. Yeah. And like my wife and I were both in the room and that happened. We just like started cracking up. It was unbelievable. And that for me became a metaphor very often for what I think people who are working on developing their faith 
ha- are often deal with, which is, yeah, of course I know that everything's for the best except for that thing. Yeah. Right. And we kind of go through life with, yes, of course things are good, things are always working out, but what? But this isn't supposed to happen, right? Right. And you know, totally. so poignantly came through in that story where it's like, right, we we just have to. You can learn from everyone. Everyone's bringing something. It doesn't. It truly doesn't matter how old they are. Everyone is going through this world and is a is a student and a teacher of the realities we find ourselves yes. in. Yes. There's this children's book. I think it's by Neil Donald Walsh. There's two. There's like, um, it's there. It's like a little soul or something. But and the sun or God and the little soul. But there are these amazing stories about how you know the little soul is ready to go into human life and. Um, God just saying, you know, that that He's choose, choosing this path, and um, can, but you need someone to teach you to be like that lesson of forgiveness. I think He chose forgiveness as His lesson, okay. life lesson. And so one of His best friends, like this girl, raises her hand and is like, "Oh, I'll teach you volunteers to come into this life together." But in the life, she's gonna be mm. the biggest enemy, you know. Um, and so I always think of that in challenging. I have to read the book over and over. And, and when Riley gets a little older, I'll, I'll continue reading it to her. I started a little too young. But, sh- but it's just so profound because if you can look at this person that wrongs you and know that, okay, this is your, in your soul family. And sh- they've, they volunteered to come in and play that role in this life. I mean, maybe it's fantasy. Maybe it's idealism. But I love that. I love to, to, to kind of frame it in that way and go, okay, and then you just remember that, like, you chose this, you've got this, you go back, there's no, and that's that other, the last thing maybe we'll talk about is, like, that, that certainty also includes knowing that we are, we're eternal, right? To a, lot of, a lot of our dis-ease comes from fear of impending death and there's nothing after that so that we grip to life and all the material you know and all the external and all our relationships but it's like if we can expand in the faith and know that we are just light going back to that sun and we will come again i mean is, is that what you believe what leave us leave us on a little <laughs> ditty about you know fear of death and, and eternal life <laughs> sure i mean look is that that is what i believe um it's certainly what the, the torah tradition and many other traditions say also whether it's you know uh a factor of reincarnation and we are we are coming back and uh, I firmly believe that anybody who has kids uh, you know that your kids came in with a package it's not like it's not just tabula rasa and they're they're just being inculcated by the ideas we're sharing like when I when I see my children and I have four little kids and it's four completely different human beings we didn't change I mean my wife right. didn't change that much over the last 10 years um, and uh, we're coming in with things. We're, we're coming into this world with things to work on, things to grow with, right? If you spend any time in the world of astrology, you see it's like I'm always amazed by uh, the uncanny ability to point straight to certain elements within a person's life where it's like, right, this is what you're working on this time. Yes. Like, this is what's going on, right? Like, you know, I'm a North Node Aries, so, um, you know, I, I've always found myself in positions where you're kind of like pioneering and you're kind of moving forward before some other people in either your family or community are doing certain things. It's like wow, that's amazing. Why? Why is that? That's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and that you know the whole universe is connected in that way, and it doesn't end, right? I mean, how many people have had stories where, you know, they, they have a dream and they see a, a loved one, you know, bring a message that they needed to hear, um, who is who's deceased, and we are we are living embodiments of a very long history, and we didn't start now, and we're not going to end now, right? We're just we're in the process. 
uh, there's a, uh, a great line in the Mishnah that says if a person truly wants to live, they have to die before they die. Mm. Which is giving up the notion of death, giving up the notion of, of the ego being the thing that's alive. It's mm-hmm. just, I mean, it is, it's wonderful. It's nice to have a personality and to have an ego. Uh, but to know that that's not the whole of you, mm. that there's something much more profound that exists beyond that. And then even when you find that space, there's something even more profound beyond that. And uh, whether it's through meditation or other modalities that a person finds to help get in touch with that, just to resonate with it a little bit, uh, the experience itself becomes the informing factor in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it just remains books, so now it's all on faith that somebody else has it right. I think if people really want to go in and uh, feel connected to these truths, uh, it has to become something you're going in to touch yourself. You're going to experience it yourself uh, one way or another. And then once you have those experiences, uh, those become the keys you keep in your pocket everywhere you go. Yeah. Well, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> that was perfect way to end. And, and I, I just encourage everybody, the three conditions, how intention, joy, and certainty will supercharge your life. Um, by the time this podcast airs, it'll be out and available for you. Um, and it is the map for us to intellectually awaken. And then the guide will lead you as you start to awaken um, this understanding or remember, um, you'll be led to those practices that keep you and give you that experience of connection and, and truth. So thank you so much for this gift of this book and thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Where can people find you? Where can people find the book? Yeah. Well, and they can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or any other place they get their books. And uh, MosheGersh.com, all the socials, all my handles are at MosheGersh. Perfect. All in the show notes. Awesome. All right, guys. Be well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Heal Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for more empowering wisdom and inspiring healing stories. And make sure you hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss that one episode that holds the answer you've been searching for. And please rate and review us so that we can grow and reach more people. Thanks so much and be well.